This episode is brought to you by Honey. We got a little bit of everything for you today, including more ridiculous Tokyo Olympic stories, Americans misbehaving in public, another ridiculous problem on the Tour de France. Oh, that's still going. Uh, yeah, it's it's the story's like a week or two old, but uh, it is very funny. Uh, and some updates to stories that we've obviously been covering over the past couple of episodes. But first, the biggest news of the week so far: CEO, entrepreneur, born in 1964. Jeffrey Bezos went to space on board his gigantic penis-shaped rocket and successfully returned to Earth on Tuesday morning, much to the dismay of the nearly 200,000 people who uh, signed the petition titled, Do Not Allow Jeff Bezos to Return to Earth. Sorry, folks. Jeff Bezos has about $10,000 for every single one of you who signed this. With a lot more to spare. Yeah. He gets to come back. I do like that uh, because today was the moment and all eyes were on uh, Jeff Bezos going to space, the entire world finally realized that, uh, you know, all rockets are kind of penis-shaped, but specifically the Blue Origin rocket really looks like a penis. Yeah, most rockets are dick-shaped. This one is circumcised. Yes, <laughs> it is cut. It uh, is, uh, and, yeah. And I loved the, the realization that everyone had, like, all at the same time, just memes and Reddit posts and Twitter threads. Yeah, it's... Very phallic. Yeah, this, it is. This one. It is abnormally phallic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned last week, the crew on this flight to space consisted this of... This was more space than Branson's, though. Still, though. Yeah. The crew on this flight consisted of Bezos, his brother Mark, alongside the now youngest person in space, 18-year-old Oliver Damon, the son of a Dutch hedge fund CEO who replaced the unidentified auction winner who was apparently too busy to make the trip, mm-hmm. and... Rounding out the crew, the now oldest person to ever visit space, Wally Funk, an 82-year-old woman with an extensive and very impressive background in aviation who worked with NASA for many years but never had the chance to actually go up there until now. Uh, The entire trip from launch to touchdown back on Earth lasted around 11 minutes, so they had just a very few brief moments where they were able to get out of their seats, enjoy the view, float around in weightlessness. They seemed to enjoy it, though it appeared like they spent most of that very limited time. (laughs) Very short amount uh, of time. Just kind of giggling at the novelty of floating in zero G and like doing stuff like tossing balls around and trying to catch like Skittles that they were throwing in each other's mouths. Instead (laughs) of what I would probably be doing, which is gazing out the window (laughs) at one of the most exclusive and incredible views you could possibly imagine of the planet Earth. One that would presumably leave you awestruck and humble. Maybe instill a new appreciation of what the planet involves. There is a noted psychological phenomenon that has happened to basically every astronaut that NASA or the USSR has ever sent up into space. I can't remember the name for it, but it's this effect. This like profound yeah. like thing that happens to them when they look down at the Earth and they suddenly have this... Uh, great appreciation for it. They no longer see borders and they see Earth just floating delicately in space and have this intense need to protect it. Literal ego death. It's like the first time you did a little bit too much on the shrooms. Yes. Um, But doesn't seem like anyone on this flight experienced that. uh, Well, (laughs) yes. So he does talk about the way he talks about how he saw the Earth. It's such an afterthought. And he's like, well, there's lots of windows. You can see the view while we were floating around. But he really, in all the post-game interviews, the post-launch interviews, talks about how, like, cool floating was and, like, how they were trying to catch Skittles. And and it was like, whoa, it was like swimming in midair. And it's like, dude, dude. I was so aggravated watching the video as it played out, knowing that, like, time is ticking, that 
like just yeah. not. They're not even looking out the window. And even if you look out the window, around. like you kind of got to sit there and got you got to kind of take it in. Yeah. It's like I don't know. It that was that was the weirdest part of all this entire weird thing for me was just it should be a moment. Yeah, it's and like it was just like, hey, oh, we brought these ping pong balls up here. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, it's like going to the Grand Canyon and seeing the whole thing through your selfie camera instead of like yes. looking at the fuck. It, it's I don't understand. And they it. did like a, a thing where they spent some time like like holding their hands up a certain way, like orchestrating that so they could say hi, mom, uh, together. And it's like she knows. She knows you're in space. You're you're the richest man on earth. Uh, and uh, I, the funniest joke I saw was like. Uh, Elon Musk looking up and going, now I am the richest man on earth because Bezos was in space. Uh, Very funny. Good. Good Anyways, look, I'm not going to lie. It is probably more fun to goof around in zero gravity and and you're only up there for a few seconds or whatever. The entire trip, though, it did seem to leave Bezos with at least some new perspective on the planet. Though it seems as though one of his first ideas upon visiting space was that we should just start building factories and shit up there instead of Earth. We need to take all heavy industry, all polluting industry, and move it into space. In theory, like, yeah, sure. I mean, it would probably be great if we could find a way to not pollute at all. But also, Yeah, that's, like, uh, it, it's the same thing. It's like, Elon's going to save humanity by moving us to Mars. It's like, then we'll just wrap the, amount of, the amount of effort that would go into that would be a lot easier, actually, to simply uh, fix all the problems that would ever make us want to go to Mars. Also just odd that the first like big major uh, shift in thought that he has is that look at the, the, the majesty of space. Look we should build clean, factories up here. <laughs> look how clean it is up there. We should put a big old fucking smokestack on the moon. Yeah. At least it's not on Earth. Yeah. And like, look, yeah, I guess there's a point. Like, you don't like working in Amazon warehouses on the Earth? Well, you might not like working in an Amazon warehouse on the moon, but at least you'll be uh, cleaning up Earth's atmosphere. A lot more real estate on the moon. Spewing our carbon out the other direction. Yeah, I mean, look, it might be better. It that might it might actually lead to uh, unforetold uh, detriment circum detrimental circumstances that we don't even know of yet. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I mean, like theoretically, yeah. Just launch it into the sun. Yeah, but but, but it's, it's <laughs> there's just, there's so many easier things that can be done right now on Earth. Instead of fucking talking about colonizing the fucking moon, it's just funny to me that he Come went on. that he went that he went to space, played with ping pong or not? That he went to space, floated, played ping pong balls, and came back and was like, "We gotta build factories up yeah. there." Fucking, <laughs> we really God gotta build it. some factories up there. But that wasn't the only odd thing that Bezos said after his successful flight off planet. Uh, during further interviews and prep brief- briefings, while wearing a cowboy hat and speaking in a very uh, surfer bro accent, which. Uh, I guess I just haven't heard Jeffrey Bezos talk very much, or maybe this is like a scenario where he's actually using his real voice because he's just so excited and giddy, but he sounds like he belongs in uh, Point Break. Oh my God. <laughs> my expectations were high and they were dramatically exceeded. It's it's very odd, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, here's what he did say. He, uh, he thanked the Amazon workers and... Amazon customers for making this all possible, which resulted in laughter from the audience. Uh, here's the clip. I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. 
You're welcome, I guess. Uh, Uh, I had no choice. Yeah, we obviously shouldn't have to explain how this quote comes off as tone deaf. We've covered the conditions that Amazon workers have to work in uh, while being constantly tracked for performance and earning wages that uh, don't really provide the quality of life that you'd expect working full time for a company like that. A company that can post record profits and send its founder and former CEO to space on a rocket developed and built with those massive profits while your coworkers piss in bottles and forgo medical treatment, sleep in their cars, and in some cases just die on the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paid for by, uh, he didn't really mention this, but also paid for by taxes. And he was like, he, government subsidies are a huge reason yeah. this even happened. Yeah. So you're welcome again. Yeah. That's two you're welcomes. <laughs> Yeah, well, he, <laughs> you're welcome, Jeff. But yeah, it makes it even worse that uh, his whole statement thanking the customers and workers at Amazon was met with laughter from members of the press and attendance. Yeah, okay, true. buddy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, stoked on Wally Funk going to space, though. Good for her. It's great that she finally made it to space, even if it was just real-life plot armor for Jeff Bezos, as uh, we predicted <laughs> when we last talked about this. You can't say anything bad about the mission. Oh, Wally you want Funk's the there. rocket to crash? You want Wally Funk? Hero, groundbreaking, trailblazing female astronaut. You want her to die? No. But anyway, let's shift back to Earth now because uh, the 2021 Tokyo Olympics officially start in just a few days. And the problems have obviously been mounting up for what will almost certainly end up being the worst Olympics in in at least a lifetime. Yeah. There's so much going on, most of it COVID-related, some of it not. We've spoken previously about how a majority of the Japanese people were just begging their government (laughs) to cancel the whole fucking thing, and how uh, competitors were losing qualifications over stupid reasons, like marijuana, Mm -hmm. legalize it, how the athletes have to once again swim in filthy, polluted water, how there's no sex allowed in Olympic Village, how there's going to be no spectators in attendance, and so on, and so on, and so on. Yeah, well, it looks like the problems continue to rise, even just days away from the start of the games. We are, uh, if you're watching this now, it's two days basically away from the uh, opening ceremony. And these are problems that fall into just a plethora plethora of categories from bad PR, audience backlash, financial trouble, and of course, the whole health and safety aspect. Now, first off, uh, an article was recently posted to the Wall Street Journal, and that claims that these summer games could end up losing Japan around $20 $20 billion when it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, then there's, of course, the pandemic, which, if you've looked around in the past couple of weeks or so, hasn't really gone anywhere and is getting worse. COVID-related cases uh, related to people involved in or competing in the Olympics, they continue to rise as well, with most recent reports saying that there are 71 new positive tests, which include uh, positive tests for athletes who have, of course, been around other athletes and officials so That's not great. Not good. So this has resulted in the CEO of this year's Olympics, Toshiro Muto, saying that the games could be canceled at the very last second if things continue to get out of hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at a news conference on Tuesday of this week, Muto was asked uh, about a potential cancellation. Here's how he responded. We cannot predict what the epidemic will look like in the future. So as for what to do, should there be any surge of positive cases, we'll discuss accordingly if that happens. During the last five-party talk, it was clearly stated we'll continue to monitor the coronavirus situation, and a five-party talk will be held if necessary. Uh, The five parties are the uh, International Olympic Committee, the IOC, the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee, the Japanese government, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government, and the International Paralympic Committee. Uh, Muto added, quote, at this stage, the coronavirus situation might get worse or better, so we will think about what to do when the situation actually arises. So, uh, buddy, there's like two days left. It's probably not going to get better. Yeah, your best case scenario is that it doesn't get worse. It just stays the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But we got an active eye on it. So, like, the thing is, like, this might get canceled in the middle of the Olympics. In which case, they're... 
Not that there, there would be another do-over again. I think they'd just be like, I'm sorry, every yeah. athlete, for ruining your lives. But uh, They the canceled Olymp- the, the Olympics during both world wars. Yeah. Because it's like... Buddy. There's, <laughs> there's a war. There's other shit going on. Yeah. Um, but outside of the actual logistics part of the events, PR scandals also continue to pop up, including the latest news regarding Becca Myers, a six-time Paralympic medalist who took home three gold medals in the 2016 Games in Brazil. Myers is a professional swimmer who is both deaf and blind. So she obviously wanted to bring her mom, who also acts as her personal care assistant, to the 2021 Games in Japan to help her navigate Tokyo and the Olympic facilities. Seems like a fair request. Mm -hmm. Officials told Meyer, though, uh, that she couldn't bring anyone along with her. Again, this is in spite of the fact that she is deaf and blind. Oh, she'll figure it out. (laughs) So uh, she won't because Myers quit the U.S. Olympic team because of this. Quote, I would love to go to Tokyo, Myers told the Washington Post. Swimming has given me my identity as a person. I've always been Becca, the swimmer girl. I haven't taken this lightly. This has been very difficult for me, but I need to say something to affect change because this can't go on any longer. Now, to answer your questions, yeah, they're saying she can't bring her mom because uh, of COVID. And again, to reiterate, this isn't just her bringing her mom to be like, hey, mom, you want a trip to Japan to come watch me compete? No, she's... (laughs) A Paralympic athlete who's deaf and blind, whose mom acts as her personal assistant. Yeah, I, and they, uh, I think they, I think they finally relented on this, but the, for like a while, up until very recently, they were telling athletes who'd like had babies that they couldn't bring their babies. Tough to life. Like, hey, it's a tough life. Guess you better, uh, guess you better start get that machine that sucks out the milk. You know, save uh, you know three weeks worth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, more bad PR from the extremely stupid short-sighted rulings in sports this week. From Sky News, the Norwegian women's beach handball team, volleyball for the Yanks, have been fined 1,500 euros after players refused to wear bikini bottoms, claiming it makes them feel uncomfortable and degraded. The team asked the European Handball Federation for permission to play in shorts ahead of the European Championship, but were told the breaches of the rules were punishable by fines. Quote, women should wear a bikini where the top should be a tight-fitting sports bra with deep openings at the arms. (laughs) The official International Handball Federation rules read, the bottom must not be more than 10 centimeters to the side. <laughs> These are the rules. <laughs> you better buy by the rules. I'll be in there with binoculars on. Oh, no, show. you jumped and it sort of rode up a little bit. Oh, that's that's a shame, but those are the official uniforms that you got to wear. Don't make me get out my ruler. Uh, now, for reference, uh, these are the bottoms they have to play in. And these are the shorts that they wanted to play in. Yeah, that would never work. What, I, what the fuck is wrong with that? I, I don't know. Uh, anyways, to further drive home how stupid of a rule this is and why it's so ridiculous that they can't just decide for themselves to wear something uh, that is less revealing, but still very practical. Uh, here are the Norwegian male and female volleyball teams side by side in their uniforms. Look, it seems like there should at least be an option. Like, these are the shorts you can wear yeah. or these are the bikini bottoms you can wear. Yeah. Not like, okay. If you uh, want to show some cheek, you're proud of what you're packing. Yeah. Go ahead. If you're uh, maybe more interested in, in comfort and not drawing attention to your ass cheeks, wear the longer shorts. Yeah. Personal choice. It seems like a pretty stupid thing to enforce, let alone find the team for. Then again, we do live on a divergent timeline. The wrong timeline. 
Uh, anyways, we do have more news for you, including some updates to previous stories. But real quick, uh, let's thank today's sponsor, Honey. Thanks, Honey. Mm -hmm. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey sports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. And look, if it doesn't find a, a working coupon code, you get this thing called Honey Gold and that racks up and you can use uh, that to get gift cards to your favorite shops. Uh, I am currently saving up uh, uh, like Fanatics so I can get more uh, the real kitschy uh, more, items to embarrass more Elliot. hideous Dodgers merch. You see the one that I sent you with the American flags? Terrible. Hate it. Nightmare. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, most of the time it does work, though. It's worked for us frequently. We've definitely saved some money over the years with Honey. And Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. Send that to Japan. They need it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't already have Honey, uh, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free. It installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and you'll be supporting the show. Uh, we obviously recommend this. We use it all the time. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash itdaily. That is joinhoney.com slash itdaily. All right, let's get back to the news now with yet another issue with a major sporting event that's apparently cursed this year. Mm -hmm. The Tour de France. Mm -hmm. Of course, you all remember the first catastrophic failure from the annual bicycle race where a woman unfolded a large cardboard sign and stood directly in the path of the competitors, resulting in a massive pileup and an international manhunt. And several athletes that had to just leave the, the tour on the first day. We gotta go. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this, this lady ruined it for everyone. It's very upsetting. Yeah. So they eventually caught the woman who they thought was German, but when they found out she was actually French, one of them, they let her off easy with a stern warning. Hey, don't you do it again, okay? We all have fun. <laughs> but uh, the Tour de France has had its arteries clogged once again, this time thanks to a large truck hauling sausages. So yeah, uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, this actually happened over uh, 4th of July weekend. Sorry, America was partying. We had other things to look at, like hopefully, you know, the entire western half of the country not being set on fire. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any fireworks caused any this year, but there's currently a, a very big bad fire in Oregon that is uh, literally changing the weather because it's so bad. Um, but right. yeah. Uh, anyways, according to multiple accounts on social media and a cycling blog, quote, on stage eight of the 2021 Tour de France, 102 kilometers into a mountainous stage, something went wrong. A big truck laden with promotional sausages got stuck on the tight and winding roads of Col de Rome. It gets weirder than that, though. Uh, this just this wasn't just some poor guy who got his truck stuck, who was blissfully unaware of the fact that he had inadvertently shut down a part of the Tour de France. Apparently, this sausage truck was part of the entire event. From the article... There is a promotional caravan traveling ahead of the peloton. It casts assorted treasures and single-use plastics to the waiting public. And one of these treasures is the offering of a sausage brand called Coconut. I'm probably pronouncing French stuff wrong Cochonel. again. Uh, it has been the official sausage supplier of the Le Tour, or sorry, Le Tour, not the Le Tour, that would be ridiculous, since 1999, and has been in the Tour's official promotional caravan since 1997. As the caravan goes along, seven Citroën 2CVs drive ahead of the race, flinging meat and bucket hats at the adoring public. For the caravan-crazed fans, it is a highlight nestled within the day's highlight. It's a French tradition. Oh, here comes the sausage. The sausage mobile. <laughs> Throw it in my mouth. 
<laughs> like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this truck was either just a big rolling advertisement for that sausage brand, or it was carrying merchandise and actual sausages that were being used in the promotional caravan falling behind it. Either way, it got stuck on one of the sharp turns on the course and brought the entire event to a screeching halt, which we have to assume annoyed the shit out of everyone, especially the cyclists. Yeah. Being a professional cyclist, just an exercise and just getting annoyed all the time. There's always someone blocking the road or about to murder you with their two-ton automobile. Yeah. Yeah. All the guys, the hardcore dudes that do like, uh, they go up to like the Canyon area in LA. They have their big peloton of guys and they're all in the official gear. They're always getting hit by cars. Like all the fucking time. Yeah. Every weekend someone's getting hit by a fucking car. It's it's a really bad mixture. It's like, especially it's in Malibu. Yeah. Where (laughs) there's a combination of road cyclists, motorcyclists, and sports car enthusiasts who all love the very windy, very beautiful roads of Malibu. Mm -hmm. And like a week doesn't go by where you see some incident with someone getting hurt. Either it's a motorcycle like high-ending it off of a fucking cliff or a cyclist who accidentally got clipped by like a fucking Ferrari going around a turn. It's It's insane. It's wild. It's terrifying. They must love it that much if they're willing to just risk it constantly. I guess. But anyway, back to this uh, (laughs) this incident with the sausage truck. Yeah. Um, Since it was a sausage truck of all things, you would assume that without any prior knowledge of the brand that the the Germans, again, (laughs) they were behind us. But... Yeah, it was actually no, a French sausage truck. It was a French company. sausage truck. They have sausages, too. And so we said, hey, you learned. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Just like the lady. Yeah. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of sports, we should probably mention more more bad fan behavior, which yeah. is... It's obviously been at an all-time high since things started opening up a bit more, especially here in the States. People yeah. just can't behave. They can't control themselves. Everyone's acting the fool. Yes. During a game between the Yankees and Red Sox this past weekend... Someone in the stands threw a baseball and hit outfielder Alex Verdugo with it. This is like a new level. Like, it yeah. wasn't it? There was a player on, like, it was like the Nets or something. I can't remember which team. But got, like, popcorn dumped on him, like, from a fan this year. This is like a whole different thing. It's Pecked like, him right in the back. It's like with, like, the WWE, but they're always, like, actors. They're plants in the audience. But, like, they're picking fights with, yeah. like, the wrestlers. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is but actual just, real life. like, drunk assholes. Yeah. Like, getting back into, like, doing things and being like, you know what? I'm going to fucking hit that guy in the back of the head. Luckily, it was just the back. Not we the back we need Meta World Peace back in the league. Stop <laughs> this shit. A person who changed his name because he was such a, like a like a crazy he asshole. He did nothing wrong. He was just defending himself. Uh-huh. Anyways, what makes it worse uh, is that the uh, the reason that this guy even got his hands on this specific ball in the first place was that uh, Alex Verdugo he tossed the ball into the stands to a kid wearing Red Sox gear. Here you go, kid. Yeah, like that's what happens in between innings. They toss yeah. the ball around to keep warm, and then they take that ball, and if, if you have, like, the gear on, they'll toss the ball into the stands to a fan. Yeah. And that's just what happened. So this this kid was supposed to get the ball. A Yankees fan intercepted the, the toss and then threw it back and hit him in the back. So, look, the offending fan was kicked out of the stadium after the game was paused during the sixth inning when the team's manager pulled his players off the field. And the decision was later made to uh, completely ban this person from every single MLB park in the country. That's for generally life. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't I, don't just like the French. Don't I get one mess up? It's pretty wild that uh, you always think like Boston fans are the worst, but this this New Yorker he uh, proved. Well, it's a big rivalry, so like yeah, it's uh, it's like. Uh, I'm going to unless it's fucking canceled because of new COVID restrictions, but I'm going to the first in-person 
Dodger Stadium Astros game in like a week and a half, and I am, I am setting my uh, just I'm gonna be people watching the entire time because it is. I saw a game uh, a while back where it was just an Astros player who was playing for a different team now, and the whole stadium just screaming at him when he went up to bat. So like, it's gonna be insane. Anyways, uh, in a statement, the Yankees, who were hosting the game, they said the following. While the Yankees appreciate the spirit and passion While of While the Yankees <laughs> appreciate the spirit and passion of our Go fans ahead, in our various rivalries, especially with the Red Sox, reckless, disorderly, and dangerous behavior that puts the safety of players, field staff, or fellow fans in jeopardy will not be tolerated. <laughs> uh, their manager, uh, Aaron Boone, added, It's awful, embarrassing, unacceptable. I won't have it. Uh, that not is not what New York is known for. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can't even finish saying that without laughing. <laughs> the, the fact that they hit a Boston player and the player for, from Boston. The Great Boston job, team, by the way. I can't officially say it, but that was fucking wait, cool. <laughs> the, the fact that like it was a Boston player and the Boston player didn't jump in the stands and beat the fuck out of the fan yeah. like, like Adam Sandler style, that shows a lot of restraint from Boston players as well. Uh, Dude, there was another incident. Uh, some some dickheads. I don't know what game it was. They tried un <laughs> they tried oh, unrolling a giant Trump it was one the flag. Rays, but they, yeah, they they fucked up even unrolling it, so it never even got completely undone. And everyone below them just like pulled, <laughs> pulled it down, down. immediately. And everyone like, and those guys are now banned from all baseball forever. Yeah, like oh wow, way hope, to go. Hope that was worth it, you <laughs> fucking jackass. <laughs> anyway, uh, they censored my ability to go enjoy sports ball yeah. games because I ruined it for everyone. Uh, here's an update to uh, remember that story about the uh, LAPD acc accidentally blowing up an entire city block, causing multiple injuries as well as significant damage to cars and homes. Remember, remember that? that? Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it, the LAPD basically they found a home that had a large amount of illegal fireworks stored in it. They claim the amount that they found was uh, an insane amount, enough to like it's level questionable. A <laughs> yeah. It's questionable if the. Uh, the facts are really on their side with that. If it all if it all went down at once, like it wouldn't have been one city block, it would have been like multiple. Yeah, they they claimed there was basically like several truckloads of fireworks. Multiple thousand pounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, whatever the case, they found a bunch of fireworks. They brought out their explosive detonation containment truck. They loaded it with a bunch of those fireworks. It's supposed to safely detonate, but uh, they and everyone, all the news cameras and everyone watched as that truck just fucking exploded yeah. and. Took half the neighborhood with it. The most striking thing uh, outside of like the very visible damage to both people and property is there was like a car next to it. They got blown onto its side yeah. immediately. Like half the car was caved in. I mean, it was a great demonstration of uh, how most of the damage of explosives has to do with air pressure. Yes. It's it a like, shockwave. There wasn't like a fire. There was a, there was a quick pop, but like that car like... Got fucking destroyed. <laughs> like it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the Hulk just like uppercutted it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. It turns out um, that truck that they used, is it's only able to safely detonate a certain amount of explosives based on weight. And uh, would you believe the LAPD, turns out they kind of just eyeballed it. They said, yeah, that looks fine. And this is what happened next. We're going to be reusing that video for the rest of our lives on this show. <laughs> Anytime you have to like bring up the LAPD's incompetence, which happens a lot, 
Oh yeah, no, they they were like fucking shooting beanbag rounds at just like unarmed people point blank this yeah. weekend at protests. They're they're fucking horrible. And it's just like as bad as the LAPD is, they're saints compared to the LA Sheriff's Department. <laughs> we got two real winners uh, guarding our streets here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like the, one of the comments I saw was like, because someone did get them confused and like, no. LAPD is comically stupid. LASD evil. Is, is, is very is evil. Yeah. Uh, anyways, from a press conference with Chief of Police Michael Moore, as reported by journalist Katie Cagle, I want to personally express my apologies to everyone affected. I am sorry this occurred. Additionally, I acknowledge that there are many others traumatized by the blast, says LAPD Chief Moore, who says his officers, quote, acted in good faith. Moore says the amount of explosives likely exceeded the weight rated for the TCV, according to the preliminary investigation. Essentially, the bomb squad guessed the weight based on appearance, but did not actually weigh the devices before detonating the hashtag LAPD blast. This was certainly a lesson in responsible handling of explosives. Yeah, uh, the commanding officer has implemented new training and new protocols based on these preliminary findings that will require actually weighing explosives before detonating them in a TCV. We'll get it right next time. Yeah. Anyway, Google LASD gangs. <laughs> Moving on now, here's an update to a story I think we covered on an episode of Weekly Weird News a while back. The case of the stolen $160,000 Big Bird costume in Adelaide, Australia. Did we cover this? I think it was like a headline or I remember us talking about it, even yeah. if it wasn't like an actual story on it. But uh, the, the basic story goes, yeah. uh, these criminals, thieves broke into an old station. We did talk about it. I remember okay. this. Yeah. And it was an old station that used to do like events or something like that. And they stole like an actual legitimate yeah. Big Bird costume yeah. that had been donated. It had like real ostrich feathers on it. Was, it was donated or used by the, the yeah. studio. And uh, they made off with it. And everyone's like, Hey, by the way, that was worth $160,000. It's an actual, that. it's literally a piece of television yeah. and ch children's history. So if we could get that back, that would be great. And they gave it back. They, yeah. It was found very quickly because apparently the thieves did have a guilty conscience. Who wouldn't after uh, reading the story, after knowing? Uh, from Insider. A group of thieves who stole a $160,000 costume of Sesame Street's Big Bird returned it a few days later with a note in its beak apologizing for being such a big burden. Mm-hmm. Dubbing themselves the Big Bird Bandits, the thieves stole the giant yellow avian costume in mid-April from the Sesame Street Circus Spectacular in Adelaide, Australia. Quote, we had no idea what we were doing or what our actions would cause, the note said. We were just having a rough time and we're trying to cheer ourselves up. We had a great time with Mr. Bird. He's a great guy and no harm came to our friend. Sorry to be such a big burden. Fuck you. Why are they joking about this? This is a serious crime. Hey, it's just banter, just having a laugh. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Look, we're all cooped up here yeah. in Australia. And uh, yeah, whatever. The actual police, the South Australian police, also apparently, according to this article, had a, quote, field day with the Sesame Street-themed puns when announcing the return of the costume to the circus. Update, Big Bird is back. The bright yellow Sesame Street costume recently stolen from a circus at the Barton has been returned in the early hours of this morning, they wrote in a tweet. The suspects, if apprehended, could face one count of theft, two counts of theft. And they even fucking did the counting thing. This is a crime. And not a cool one. So, no, no. Uh, also a, a story that I, I was going to cover, but it didn't end up turning out to be that big of a deal. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was banned from Twitter. For spreading, yeah, for spreading COVID false information. Also, she, I don't even care about this, but she has weird feet. What? The internet. She posted a picture of her feet. And of course, 
people love feet, but they don't love her feet because they're weird looking, oh, apparently. Right. I looked at them and I'm like, I've seen people with feet like that. I'd never call them weird, especially to their face. But also, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a terrible person, so yeah. go nuts. Don't really care about her feet. Yeah, uh, she was banned else. from Twitter for 12 hours for spreading COVID misinformation, as you do. Uh, but anyways, that's it for this uh, week's episode, or today's episode. We'll be back with uh, some tech news and some more episodes for you this week. Uh, I do want to point out, I did watch Space Jam. And I thought, I like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I like everything. Maybe I'll enjoy this. I actually hated this movie. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I know what I watched instead. I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the first time in like 20 years. And it a great movie. still holds up. Great fucking movie. Yeah. Watch that instead. I thought that uh, this this new Space Jam movie had a lot of, like, yeah, the IP stuff was terrible. But also, like, this the general message in it was like, I don't know. I had literally just watched the beginning of I the new seeing... space, space Jam. And it's, like, very, like, I know it's not trying to be. It is really egotistical. And I, the word I kept seeing pop up was joyless. Yeah, kind of. And everyone keeps praising Don Cheadle's, like, acting in it. I'm just like... Everything he did sucked, too. Everything in this sucked. There was one really funny joke, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it was actually pretty good. I'll tell Elliot afterwards because I don't think he cares. But it, it involves a cameo. You'll get it. It was, okay. it was funny. It was funny. Uh, anyways, in the meantime, go watch our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News right over here and a new episode of News Dump where we go into more reviews about Space Jam, among other things. Check both of those out. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.